Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It was a busy week plus Saturday in the House of Representatives, and joining us is Congressman Nick Langworthy. Congressman, good morning. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? Doing all right this morning. You know, ex- excited for uh, what's about to happen in two hours, but we'll get to that at the end of the interview. First, uh, I booked this interview, Congressman, thinking we were going to talk about a government shutdown. It was averted. How did we get uh, to the deal for the next 45 days? Well, I, we have been through a lot as a conference, and, um, you know, we're working through an appropriations process that re- establishes and reestablishes the role of the House of Representatives. I mean, for yeah, there, there's many in our conference that are very, uh, including myself, that don't want to see us governed by these end-of-the-year omnibus bills that are 6,000 pages in complete Christmas trees and giveaways for every special interest. It's not the way the country should be governed, and that's how we end up $33 trillion in debt uh, because uh, you know they create legislation that no one can analyze and the special interests win. Uh, so we have committed ourselves to passing 12 individual appropriations bills. It's a very painstaking process. It takes a long time. And we're not there yet. And, you know, the deadline, you know, theoretically is September 30th. The Senate seems very content on just doing the business as usual. Uh, and they would love to, to jam us at the end of the year with an omnibus. But that's where that debt ceiling negotiation we had several months ago, you know, yielded uh, an agreement that if both chambers haven't passed 12 appropriations bills, that we get a continuing resolution with a one, 1% across the board cut to all programs. That's not enough. We need to cut more. Uh, you know, we, we can't sustain this level of spending, especially since the pandemic's over. So all that extra spending that was added on to, to, to fight the pandemic uh, isn't necessary anymore. So we're, we're looking to write, you know, very conservative uh, appropriations bills so that when we do go to conference committee with the Senate, uh, we've got the best negotiation uh, point. Well, we run out of time. You know, we, we, we are staring down a federal shutdown. And I know it's popular and, and some in the conservative movement, you know, start take the social media and say, shut it down. Uh, but our actions have consequences. And when you shut down the federal government, you're not sending a message to Congress. You're sending a message 
um, to the troops because they wouldn't get their paychecks. Uh, you send the message to the border patrol agents because they don't get their paychecks either, but they still have to go to work every day. The nurses at the VA, um, nobody elected me to shut down the government. They elected me to help fix the government. And uh, I, I, I did not feel a shutdown was acceptable. So uh, we put a very conservative uh, continuing resolution out there on Friday that would have uh, tied some policy in there with the border um, that that really, um, you know, would have been a message for the Senate to have to swallow. Uh, it didn't pass our own conference because there are, you know, some on the very far right of our conference that just for one reason or another said they, they didn't want to do it this way. They wanted to just, even if it meant shutdown, continue our work uh, with no end in sight. Uh, that wasn't acceptable to me. I voted for that very conservative continuing resolution on Friday. Uh, when when even the people that claim to be some of the most conservative members of our conference wouldn't support that, uh, we came to the conclusion that we have to put a clean bill out there. We have to keep this government open. Uh, we have. To, I, I mean, I have this view that you pay too much for the, your government services. They need to be there when you need them. And uh, we have an obligation to keep the government open and, and, a, and a shutdown has never worked on sending a political message to everyone. And it just costs the American people more money and more aggravation. So uh, we put a clean CR out there and it passed. I was proud to vote for it. Uh, it's 45 days. So we have a 45 day extension to do our work and to continue on passing these single issue appropriations bills that are very conservative in their top line and are going to, you know, challenge this administration under Joe Biden and Chuck Schumer in the Senate to accept uh, our spending cuts. So, um, you know, we avert a shutdown. The Democrats didn't like it at all because uh, they, they were for political purposes, really hoping that they could say Republican disagreement led to shutdown. Uh, and you even had a Democratic member pull a fire alarm to try to stall the vote. It was pathetic. That was my next question. The the fire alarm uh, that was pulled, uh, did that clear out the Capitol? What what was the result of that? And uh, has the uh, has the member of Congress admitted to it? Um, well, kind of. So it, it, it took place in the Cannon House office building. It was Congressman Jamal Bowman from New York City. And it's one of the most childish, uh, outlandish pieces of behavior I've ever seen. Uh, it, it, it is just a conduct on becoming a member of Congress. They were trying everything they could to stall because there are members of the Democratic Party that were willing to shut, allow the government to shut down because we didn't include Ukraine funding. Uh, I, I was not going to be held hostage with this decision, whether or not our government uh, shut down based on war in a foreign land that we're not a combatant in. Um, you know, I, I, I believe that the mission is just, we have put an awful lot of American treasure there. I, I'm not confident on accounting um, and the fact that our European allies haven't met their obligations on spending. I wasn't comfortable saying that Ukraine funding should be in a CR. The Democrats were so hell bent to put that Ukraine money in the continuing resolution 
that they were willing to drive us into a shutdown for not doing it. So they tried to do a motion to adjourn. They tried to shut down deliberations on the floor. They dragged a vote out for about two hours. And then the frosting on the cake was Congressman Bowman thought he was uh, helping that cause by pulling the fire alarm in the Cannon House office building. And it backfired on him because it only set off the alarm in that building and evacuated that building, but not the Capitol itself. He's caught, as you can imagine, there's a lot of cameras uh, around that complex. There's not a lot of secrets. And uh, within minutes, he's outed as the one that pulled the alarm. Now, he's facing serious penalties. He's been questioned by the Capitol Police. Um, there's discussion of censure or expulsion at this point. So um, it, it, it was just an outlandish piece of behavior, embarrassing and and honestly, you know, his constituents have got to look at him with a lot of shame. You mentioned Ukraine. That was my next question. Uh, over the next 45 days, is this something that this is on the floor for the next 45 days? Or is it kind of the thing, we'll wait 40 days and then try to get something in five days? How will that look? And w- will there be any kind of agreement where Ukraine is part of the bigger package? Well, I I believe it should all be a standalone vote because, you know, as I talk to my constituents, they don't want to see a blank check on a war with no final plan or objective. You know, an area of the world that conducts a lot of warfare. Um, You know, I I think that we have spent somewhere around one hundred twenty billion dollars of American money on this. Our European allies and NATO haven't especially Germany, haven't met their obligations. Um, and I, I want to see more accountability on the spending. I mean, what, what I don't want to see is stories five years from now about how our spending in, a, in this war has created the next generation of Ukrainian oligarchs that you know, are now billionaires and, and have villas all over the world. Um, and, and that tends to happen in these cir- circumstances. Um, and, and I think there, there needs to be a lot more transparency and trust. I don't think the administration has been tough enough demanding that accountability. And these are kind of arbitrary sums that are being asked of us. Um, and the president's asked for, I believe, another $24 billion for the war. It's an awful lot of money. I mean, we're $33 trillion in debt. Um, we have got to get our fiscal house in order, but the president's uh, inquired more about funding for Ukraine than he had about helping out the people of Maui or the hurricane victims uh, in Florida and, and and different areas that suffered severe damages. I mean, we do have to take care of our own house. Um, and, and, and let's face it, Joe, uh, we have a raging inferno on the southern border that we have to take care of. So I'm not inclined to rush right into any additional funding for the Ukraine until um, we get our house in order uh, in terms of the southern border. And, uh, you know, we, we didn't put disaster relief in the continuing resolution yesterday. Uh, I believe it was $16 billion went towards, um, you know, making sure that that disaster relief fund that we have for our country, for FEMA and for natural disasters, is got the funds that it needs to, to take care of people in these terrible moments that we've seen. Um, but, you know, the concept that, you know, we're going to write a blank check for, you know, the Ukraine um, war. I mean, Putin is a murderer and a butcher. 
and I don't want anyone to mistake you know my position, but they're still working off the money we've already appropriated. This is not to emergency levels yet. Um, and our NATO allies, there's some very rich countries like Germany in there that should step up and meet their obligations before America should be looked at to, to pay all the bills here. Now, earlier in the week, we uh, did have the first hearing in the uh, impeachment inquiry of President Joe Biden. Uh, Congressman, what did we learn and what's next? Well, you know, what this hearing did, I'm on the House Oversight Committee, so I was uh, part of this hearing. But what this com- this uh, hearing established was the difference between impeachment inquiry and articles of impeachment. We are continuing um, not just through the hearings, but the work and the subpoenas every day. That's where the real facts are going to come out. Uh, so these weren't fact witnesses. These were process witnesses. And, um, you know, these weren't uh, people that had been um, that are privy to what the Biden family did. They they talked about impeachments in other times, like, you know, Paul Turley, who has been really involved in every modern impeachment uh, trial in one way or another and is often a commentator on uh, news programs. Um, I I asked my questions about, um, you know, the the testimony of Devin Archer and uh, the fact that he um, claims that in his business relationship with uh, Hunter Biden, how on perhaps as many as 20 occasions, uh, Hunter would flippantly put Joe Biden on speakerphone to kind of flex on soft power and show influence and and access. And, um, you know, the apologists for this uh, tactic said that he was really they just talk about the weather and exchange pleasantries. And, you know, I pose that question of Paul Turley, that if, if this was normal behavior, or if he was in a business meeting, did he ever decided to just pull out his phone and call his parents on speakerphone to talk about the weather. Um, I think anyone of sound mind would know that that's just an idiotic excuse. Um, These, this operation, this, this Biden operation clearly has been influence peddling. The purpose of this impeachment inquiry is to gather the additional facts to strengthen our investigation uh, because we need, we, need to find the answers for the American people so they know whether or not our president has been compromised by foreign entities, foreign governments, his family. uh, We have records that uh, prove in black and white that his family has been enriched by foreign entities without being registered foreign agents uh, at a tune of over $20 million. 11 different Biden family members have accepted funds from these 22 LLCs that have been paid by these foreign entities. Now, these are entities that are, um, you know, tied to the Chinese Communist Party, to Russia, to the Ukraine, uh, to Romania, uh, many other countries. And, and these are countries that Joe Biden happened to fly Air Force Two uh, into. And this week, we also on Monday uh, received information that Hunter Biden, uh, while Joe Biden was a candidate for president of the United States in 2019, uh, accepted a wire um, and the address given on the wire uh, for Hunter Biden was Joe Biden's house. So there's certainly a cross pollination. I I don't know about you, Joe, but I don't get a lot of financial transactions to my parents' house. I haven't for a long time. Yeah. 
So um, the fact that, you know, a grown man um, that's, you know, I think older than me uh, has is, is getting wired money at his dad's house uh, kind of indicates the dad might have some kind of tie in here. And, um, the, you know, watching the Democrats clutch their pearls and say, well, it's all about I mean, no one defends Hunter anymore. They basically have all conceded he's a total crook. And I, and I don't even bring up, you know, his personal failings on in in demons. I, I I think those are irrelevant to the facts at hand, which are the, you know, filthy grift in in taking money based on no skill set, no expertise, no business background, no um, no, you know, he's, he's supposedly in an energy company. He has no knowledge whatsoever of the energy industry. The only thing this guy brings to the table is the last name. And, you know, the president, if we're, we're going to find out how this was, I mean, he, he, you know, has lied to the American people, I think, 16 times on uh, whether or not he's ever had a discussion with or, or has had any knowledge of his son's business dealings. Well, the son's riding on Air Force Two when he's vice president to the same countries that he's doing business in. And they didn't talk about anything on that whole flight back from Romania. I mean, give me a break. So, uh, Congressman, is, is there going to be another hearing? When should we expect that? Uh, how does this process um, move along? We have not announced the next hearing. Uh, the, the investigation and the inquiry goes on daily. So, you know, there's court challenges, subpoenas. There's an awful lot of work with our staff attorneys uh, to get there. Okay, and that's not something that's like on display for uh, the public. Uh, but we release documents and information. Our chairman, James Comer, has done a terrific job, you know, putting memos together and releasing these fact patterns to uh, to the American people. And, um, you know, I. I think if it was anyone other than someone named Biden, maybe the Department of Justice might start knocking on some doors based on some of the things that we've put out there so far. But, uh, you know, there's two systems of justice in this country, one for Bidens and Clintons and one for everybody else. Um, but really, you have um, we will have more hearings. They will. Um, they have not been announced yet. I expect, you know, certainly more in the month of October. Uh, as we go forward. Uh, but, you know, it's a very serious investigation. We've got some great professional investigators uh, working through. And, and really, now we need to get those personal bank documents because uh, we have the LLC bank documents and it's crystal clear. There's just tons of money flying around this entire Biden clan. But what did that money then go pay for? Did it pay Joe Biden's personal expenses? Perhaps it did. Did it pay mortgages? Maybe. Um, th this is what we need to find out. And as you can imagine, the Biden incorporated, you know, obstruction crew is standing in the way every single step of the way as we try to capture more records. But, you know, we're subpoenaing Hunter Biden. We want to haul these people in and put them on the stand. Um, they will fight like hell to make sure that that never happens. Final question, and I know I've taken you longer than I said, and I apologize for that, but this is something... Uh, happy to be with you. This is something I'm reminded of every day I drive into work. Um, I pass a hotel with National Guard sitting outside. Uh, what, is your, what are your thoughts on the migrant crisis we are seeing 
in New York State, here in Erie County. And what is the way out of it? Is it the, something the state addresses? Is it something the federal government addresses? Well, the federal government needs to address this by shutting down the flow. I mean, we call for the president to act on the border every day. We have passed a border bill, H.R. 2. Um, it is uh, it would give the Customs and Border Patrol agents the tools that they need to do their job. And I've spent time with, you know, those those officers here in the Buffalo region. And, you know, they they need support from the federal government. Uh, it would finish the wall and it would fix all the loopholes in the asylum system. Um, our colleagues in the Democratic Party, they won't act. I mean, they are doing this on purpose. I, how a quarter million people sneaking into the country and declaring that they are they deserve asylum, how that's good for the strength of our economy in America, um, go ask the mayor of New York City. Go ask Governor Hochul. I mean, she's got to be pulling her hair out. As, as much of a liberal as she is, uh, and she's completely changed her tune from where she was a year ago at this time. And a year ago at this time, she says, this is going to be great for New York. We're going to have new restaurants and new culture. And this is all going to be so special. There, it, People have come here illegally. The government is complicit in the illegal immigration because they're rubber stamping false paperwork for asylum seekers. Those customs agents here that have... 20, 30 years experience, they told me directly that of the people that are here now, that people at these hotels here in Western New York, that Mark Polencar's was so encouraging of them to come, um, and all those people in New York City, of them, they said that perhaps only as many as 10% will actually achieve asylum when they have their court date. But the problem we have is there's a shortage of judges that the president also won't address. And their court dates aren't until 2026, 2027. I've heard 2028. The one office in New York City said that they've got every slot filled until 2032. It's absurd. We need a SWAT team of judges brought in, retired, whatever, elevate state judges, and knock this caseload down. If they're entitled to asylum, by God, welcome to America. You know, those people that are from war-torn countries, its lives were in danger. That's what America is all about. But if they're not, then they've come here illegally. They've cheated the system and will gladly export you to the nearest exit uh, because this is a country of immigrants. Joe, you and, you know, my relatives are all immigrants, and it is uh, a legal process. They came here the right way, the legal way. They didn't just barge in and say, I'm here, take care of me. Uh, New York is so fundamentally broken on this because of New York City's sanctuary city policies. Uh, no one up here voted for that. And I think Mark Polakar sure knows now that no one in Erie County wants sanctuary policies. I mean, look what's happening in Cheektowaga. Look, you know, I mean, now we have them in Amherst. And, and, and this has been a huge hit to the taxpayers with the schools and, uh, you know, the criminal defense of, uh, of, of an alleged rapist and uh, someone that committed sexual assault. I mean, this is, this is serious business. And most of the counties that I represent declared state of emergency and said, don't bring those migrants to our community because we can't afford it. 
So, you know, local officials need to be vigilant and, and, and call for it to stop. I mean, Governor Hochul should should step at the podium and say that the president refuses to act because that's the truth. I mean, the, the Senate has refused to take action. Uh, we passed this bill back in May. It, it, it would shut the border down and stop this endless flow. We have 250,000 plus that came over just in the month of September. All-time record. This is absurd. Uh, and Joe Biden is allowing this illegal invasion to continue every day. Something we will definitely keep an eye on, that, the inquiry, the shutdown, uh, Congressman, and we'll look forward to uh, talking with you again. But before I let you go, we are about 90 minutes away from kickoff. What's your prediction for the Bills-Dolphins? Hey, they're not going to be scoring 70 points. We're going to win this game. Our defense is going to step up, and, and uh, uh, you know, we had a great game last week, and, and this team, this team, this is our team, this is our year, and uh, – And we're looking forward to a long, long run. So squish your fish. Go Bills. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 